Okay, welcome back. <clears throat> I realise that um, sharing what we were in the first half, it's, it is quite un an uncomfortable place to even start to explore some of the things that uh, might be insecurities in us. And um, that can be painful, and it can be things that we'd rather not go, a place we'd rather not go to. But, but if we want to know God more, if we want to go deeper into his love, if we want to see him through the window and be seen by him, then God can only see the real me. He can't see the Rick that I'm pretending to be, putting the mask on and pretending everything's okay. He can only have fellowship with me as I really am. And so letting ourselves be unmasked, even to ourselves, is painful, but it's just so essential for us to grow in our relationship with God. On your handouts, you've got um, a sheet which I didn't even refer to, which says, who is God? <clears throat> uh, so if you felt insecure, what I said, you should read the sheet. <laughs> because it, you've got to do this. Um, when, you, when you're picturing yourself at your worst, not on a good day when everything's brilliant, but at your, at your time when you're at your worst, and just to, it's really having an honest look at um, what do I really relate to God as Father. When I think about God, I've, I've got my sheet here, I, how I actually feel it. I'm not going to read it out because it's a little bit too uh, disclosing. Sorry, who is God's sheet? Oh, have you, where's Avril? And maybe she's going to hand that out later when, with the other bits, with the questions. So ignore what I've just said. <laughs> when you leave tonight, you're going to be receiving a sheet which says, who is God on it? And it's going to have some questions which you can go through on your own, an honest look at how you actually relate to God. And it's to be, well, the instructions are there, how you feel about yourself on your worst day. Happy? Okay. On the bit which says part two. <clears throat> Got that? Yeah, good, thanks. Right, this is the bit where I'm going to need your help for all this, this second bit. Because what I think is that we encounter God, we discern, yeah, it's in their folders here. We discern God, we encounter God much more than we give ourselves credit for. And so, um, in a way, I want you to share some of the ways that you encounter God, and then we're going to write them up if we've got a blank sheet, and you can write them in on your bit of paper. In a way, we're just listening to one another. What are some of the ways that we encounter God? Um, who's going to, who wants to start off? Going for a walk. Going for a walk. Absolutely. <laughs> Through prayer. A time set aside for fasting and prayer. Being quiet. quiet and stillness, yeah. In crisis. In cri oh, unpack that a bit. Just thinking about the time of David was going. Mm. Found God actually had nothing of your own. God was there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. 
Yeah, in times of crisis, nobody can hear that, but yes, in times of crisis when we haven't got anything else apart from God. Through friendship, yeah. Gardening. Mm-hmm. Gardening, yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> no, no. Gary just needs a revelation on that. He's, he's in denial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> music. I was waiting for Andrew to say that, but yeah, through, through music. In stillness. In stillness. Through the Eucharist. Through the Eucharist, yeah. The art. Art. Absolutely, yeah. Creativity. Could you say, um, standing up for what you know is right? Okay, yeah. You know, that poverty. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually very. I, I wouldn't have come up with that, but that's very true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Through books. Through books. There's one quite big book that nobody's mentioned yet. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, through his words, yeah. Films, yeah. Of life. I was going to just. I was going to say. Well, we've got a pretty comprehensive list, and it almost encompasses everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Beauty and creation. Worship. interesting it's interesting Dave says that actually because in the next the next bit we're going to be looking at mountaintops especially so um, art somebody say art that's a very comprehensive yeah. Yeah. Through other people's prayers. Yeah. Yeah. 
Barbara said through hospitality. That's quite a challenge, isn't it? Because it says when you entertain strangers, you don't know who you're entertaining. And uh, you don't know. Yeah, there's quite a mystery there. That's quite an amazing list. I think I had um, six on my list, which shows how shallow I am. But I thought when I, I thought of this process, wouldn't it be great to hear from all of us how we encounter God? Because it's going to be so diverse. And also it's going to say, well, actually, there are so many ways to encounter God. There are so many ways to, to, to do what we do of, of walking in fellowship with him. And there's no, there's no order or procedure that we go to if I go on a walk and read my Bible then I'm going to have an encounter with God. It's just the process of, of being alive, isn't it? And uh, I hope that's encouraging that you see some of the things on that list that you think, or you might have trivialised, it's, oh, it's just going for a walk. But it's just all part of our life, which we live with a God who's standing right next to us and who lives within us. Um, so that's great. The next part... <clears throat> Is, is all to do with not so much how we do, but, but where, the places. And it's not just so much the geographical places, but the kind of the places that also occupy our hearts. I know that sounds a bit deep. But um, as we go through it, again, I just want to open it up, really, to us expressing some of the places where we have fellowship with God, where we encounter with him, where we experience his peace, where we experience maybe his presence, where we're overwhelmed by his beauty, um, to expand our horizons by our own kind of corporate sense of how we meet God. So I put a few different titles here. Like, I think I put it on your sheet as well. I? Um, the first thing is, is, I guess, what we've been sharing on this list in the everyday things of life. Washing up the dishes. My place of inspiration has always been the shower, which has always baffled everybody else in my family, whoever I work with. I come out of the shower going, I've had a moment with God. And a little bit disturbing, I think. I do have a towel on me at the time. Um, what are some of the other everyday places? And Avril, did you want to... When I'm washing up. When you're washing up. You don't have a dishwasher then? No. <laughs> Yeah. So we're not actually looking for it or expecting it to come very expected. Yeah. Any everyday places? Yes. Yes. Barbara said in the car, and that's one of my favourite places as well, where the distractions are gone and I'm just driving somewhere and, yeah. I used to have this picture when I was a young, charismatic, fervent Christian that you only encountered God in church and at conferences. And there were these kind of mountaintop experiences and the rest of the time you just met with your friends and read the Bible a bit. And as I've got older, I've realised that that's just such an incomplete and shallow view of, of what, how God wants us to live the life and experience life. And those things are great and they... They do enrich you. But, but God is the same every day of wanting to draw alongside us and reveal himself to us. 
So the next thing I put is that those places or those situations that bring us into stillness and quietness, um, places where we rest, the Bible sometimes refers to them as, as lonely places. And I guess they're the sort of places where the noise of the world is less distracting than they might be just when we're doing whatever we do for most of our time. And I know that I've got one or two places which are my places which, when I feel like I need to retreat into silence, that I'll I'll go there. There's a a beautiful walk on the Hyde Estate just off Carter's Lodge Lane, which I hope nobody else knows about. But uh, (laughs) it's as though that every time I've been there, there's a little stream that runs through it and you walk alongside. I think because I felt God's peace and his stillness there once, every time I go there with that expectation... This is a place where I'm, when I'm feeling disturbed, when I need to take reflection, that's often the place which is only five minutes from where I live, where I go and uh, can find stillness. So you might find, just as I'm sharing, there's something, there's some place or things that you think, yeah, that's, that's a place for a stillness and rest for me. I don't know if anybody wants to share anything. Um, 17 I guess <clears throat> not a Christian at all but just come, coming back one night probably from the pub but a perfectly clear night and something just stopped me and made me look upwards and just at that point being completely overwhelmed by how tiny I was and how big the universe was and I think it was one of those what do they call Ky- Ky- Kairos moments Kairos moments where almost like time stops and you're suddenly aware this is an important thing that I've just opened up to me I am small, but the universe is huge. And uh, Anyway. So the next thing I, I think was, was places of his presence. I think there's often places where we, not just places of rest or stillness where we go to recharge, but places where we have encountered God. And we, it's almost like we keep returning to that place because there's an expectation of God being in this place. And I think of, um, in the Bible, uh, there was Bethel. And Jacob had the dream of the angels ascending and descending. And of, it was the beginning of his promise. Um, and of waking up and, and saying, this place must be the house of God, the very house of God. And then throughout the history of Israel, people would keep returning to Bethel as a place of his presence, the, the, the company of the prophets, 
went to, pre went to Bethel, were, were stationed in Bethel. The Ark of the Covenant for many years, the Ark of, which is the, the covenant of God's presence with his people, was in Bethel. Um, the prophet Samuel made Bethel one of his ruling cities as a prophet where he returned to to make judgment. So there was something very special about that place, a place of God's presence. And I think there are places where God takes us to in our life where we especially encounter him. I went to, and it's often a place where there's been just seeds sown of prayer and worship over years and years and years. There's a place in Wales called Falder Brennan where um, Evan Roberts, the, the revivalist, used to go and pray on a rock and they've now built a retreat centre there. And I went there and just the sense of God's presence there, that the, the people who prayed in that place and worshipped over the years was, was almost overwhelming. So I wonder, is there, is there places in your, in your life where you've especially encountered God, the special places? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a geographical place at all, does it? Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah. Yes, the trouble with that is it's a, for most of us, it's a one off, you know. Mm. Sorry, where was that? Sorry. So where, where, where was that? On the Mount of Olives. On the Mount of Olives, yeah. 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 It won't happen again, so I don't suppose I'll go there again. Yeah. But you do get these certain places where yeah. you feel something different. Yeah. Something's happened. Something has happened there. Yeah. All the thousands of people yeah. who've been there before, the thousands of people. Yeah. I don't know whether you can live with that because no. it's something in the past and I think you really want to have something <coughs> now. So someone who says they feel it when they come into church is it, better because they can do it regularly. Mm. And you want to be refreshed and refreshed. Yeah. Refreshed. Yeah. And to have some place that is you know, 10 years ago or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think the gift there, though, is, is being able to recognise it, isn't it? Yeah. Being able to recognise yeah, that, that sense. Mm. Yeah. 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 Of course, a very real part of this is that we, we carry the presence of God. We don't need to go to somewhere, but there are special places where things, but we carry the presence of God with us wherever we go. And so when we walk into a room, there's the potential for us to change the atmosphere and to, for us to be the ones who create the presence of God in a place. Yes. Yeah. But at the top of Glastonbury, 
just finish off with, I didn't realise how the time had got on, with the last two things on here. One of the props of the, the weird things of written there is the dark places. It was weird until yesterday when, um, 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 sorry, what was the name of your friends who were sharing in church? Anderson, sorry. When Anderson shared about being in prison and he's in solitary confinement and he said at that point where he had lost everything, was the place of his most profound encounter with God. And so sometimes, like Anne was sharing, it's in our place of our darkest moments where we've lost everything, that God can be just so overwhelmingly present. I had an occasion where we were praying in the, the darkest place where we lived in Gujarat when we were missionaries, a place called Dwarka. And um, literally every 15 steps there's a temple in, and the, spiritually it's so oppressive we were worshipping in, in a hotel room in the midst of that. And it was as though and we were, we were worshipping along to a CD. Um, and it was as though Jesus had walked into the room. I've never encountered anything like it before. And we all just fell on our faces in the darkest city, most oppressive city. And I guess it's where, the, where, the, where it's darkest and the light just shines so much more brighter. And then the last one, which will lead into... Um, having a time just with God is those mountaintops where, not the mountaintop experiences, but like in Song of Solomon's where it says, Arise, my beloved, and come away with me. And it's that sense of where God is, is wooing us and saying, I know you're busy, but I want, to, I want you to come away with me. It might only be for a moment, but I want to share something with you. I want to show you something. And those are incredibly rich moments when we hear the voice of God saying come away with me and it, it might not be it might be nowhere more than going to your bedroom but it might be mean just coming away and allowing the father to woo us and speak to us in, in, a, in a special way and the Bible is full of those stories where, where God did that with, with Elijah on the mountaintop Moses on Mount Sinai Peter, James and John coming away with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. There's times where God just said, come away with me. 
I want to finish this evening, and I, unfortunately, Chris has got my clock, so I don't know what time it is. 20 past. Okay. Well, we're just going to finish with, if you want to put down your, your pens and paper, just a time of resting in God. <clears throat> and we, we talked, I talked about before the break about just that simple thing of positioning ourselves so that we're in the flow of God's love. We're not doing anything to make ourselves more favourable to him. We're just saying, God, here I am. I'm positioning myself to receive your love, to be aware of you, whatever it might be. So Chris is just going to play. Um, we, we just go through it. Find me in the river. Just a little exercise of imagining ourselves coming into God's presence. And I thought we'd do I've it, just imagining that we are standing by a, a mighty river. Now I'm waiting if you please. And we're observing the river, overwhelmed by its majesty and its power. And we can do whatever we want in the place of this river. We can stand watching it and just admire it. Or we can sit on the bank and dangle our feet into it. Or we can stand in up, up to our knees in it and experience the, the strength of the flow. Even though you're gone and I'm Come into the river and let it submerge us. Let it wash over us. I'm waiting here. The river is God's love. And there's no right or wrong way to respond. He's just saying, God, I'm here. I'm placing myself in the flow of your love. Fine. 
we're in that place of just allowing the love of the Father to wash over us. Uh, I think God would just reaffirm that invitation to come near to him. gathered up his skirts and, and ran towards the son who broken his heart. You carry so the heart of the Father is to run towards us, to gather us up, to cover us in kisses, in seasons of sorrow, to bestow his favour on us. It's songs 
is another invitation from tonight. The Father saying, Will you let me wash the windows of your soul? Will you let me into the, the deeper places, the places that might be painful? But, but he would say, you can trust me. You can trust me. I only want what's good for you. We just thank you for the glimpses we've had tonight. And they have only been glimpses of the Father's heart for us, the Father's heart for the world. And we thank you that it's a journey we're on that doesn't happen tonight or tomorrow. It's we're in the flow of the place that you're taking us, of making us more like Jesus, of restoring broken places in us so that we can be light and life in the world in which we live. We thank you that we carry your presence and wherever we go, we, we can encounter the presence of God with us. We can walk with you in habitual fellowship. And we just want to say, Father, we want more of that. So bless us as we go tonight. Bless our families. Bless the people that we love. Bless the people that we work with. Bless our neighbours. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>